On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Tall Can Audio. Hello everyone and welcome to Tall Can Audio. I am Michaela. He is Matt. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all at Tall Can Audio. A little bit of housekeeping before we get the show started today. You may be used to a Monday morning show, but guess what? This weekend is a long weekend, so we're going to be pushing the Monday morning show to Tuesday morning, give you all an extra couple of days, well, an extra day, but a couple of days to rest, and and Matt included. Everyone deserves a long weekend right now, and uh, tune in next week. We got Arden Zwelling from Sportsnet talking a little bit of Blue Jays. That's right. It is almost spring training And now that football is over, I think we're all in dire need of some baseball content. So Arden's Walling going to be on the show next week to talk with Matt about the Blue Jays. Matt, how are you? You know what? Let's not shy away from it. I'm a little embarrassed. Um, Oh, we're getting it all out there right now. Oh, yeah. No, we had a moment there. Um, For people, I I normally set up the the recording software that Michaela and I use and... um, then I kind of go about my business till uh, till you or Rob or or whoever shows up, and I sometimes forget that while the main studio mic that everybody's listening to me is off, the one strapped to my head that I'm communicating with the co-host with is still very much strapped to my head and right in front of my mouth. And uh, <laughs> and there's this kind of sound effect that goes off when someone logs into the room. It's kind of this, Tew. But it's like three or four seconds delayed after they actually enter the room. And uh, 
who's getting down with a little Martina McBride, or um, we've been kind of kicking it back and forth. I can't remember who it was. Uh, but I was singing along. There's an old country tune, kind of 93, 94. Uh, you can feel bad if it makes you feel better. Um, that, uh, I, I may have been, I, I wouldn't say belting it out, but not shyly singing either along. And uh, I know for a fact, nothing resembling a good singing voice so suddenly Michaela was right there in the room and I realize I'm still singing and uh, a little mortified but otherwise doing good it's been a good day before all that went on I like I said Matt I do not judge I thought you have a beautiful singing voice (laughs) and uh, you know what there's nothing wrong with a little little Martina McBride every now and then so no judgment from here (laughs) from my end I How also tweeted about. Sorry, go ahead. I, I'm I'm doing good. I I tweeted about uh, singing One Direction uh, to myself at home as part of my self care routine last week. So sure. I'm really not one to judge right. on you know you do you right now, right? <laughs> well, we've talked about it on the show before. Or at least Rob and I have. I can't remember what's true. There is like a very strong like Rob makes fun of me all the time, and and it's fair enough for being into country music. And every now and then there's a country song that I don't mind, but my country music leanings are almost entirely like 1992 to maybe 96 kind of, um, when your formative years are happening with music, um, my dad couldn't care less about music. He was like 680 news all the time and the vehicle was all he listened to, but my mom was big into country. And so this is, it's Shania, it's Alan Jackson, it's Garth Brooks, it is Martina McBride, apparently. It's Michelle Wright. It's all these types. Brooks and Dunn. Um, Brooks so and Dunn. Yeah. So there's a sweet spot for my country. And I have a lot of that stuff. I, I, I don't shy away from it in my country collection. But, you know, to, so every now and then when he'd pop by and there'd be country music on, he, he'd give me shit for being into country. And, and that's fair. That's what's playing. I was into that country. But what's happening right now, I you know, I don't have anywhere near the same handle on. I find a lot of it actually kind of irritating um mm-hmm. but we all have that kind of nostalgic time and place and uh apparently mine was on full display there before we fired up the mics today so no that's okay we were, we were chatting before uh we started recording but i i have a i guess kind of similar association with patty loveless music. i'm sorry that's the other name i was looking for i don't know if this song <laughs> was hers or not maybe it was martina but, but that was the other name i was grasping at at the the beginning here i'm sorry to cut you off but that was no, 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 it's okay when a name pops back into your head that you're trying to remember yeah. you got to get it out right away that's just science yeah. um yeah i have a very similar kind of love hate relationship with country music in that like i i grew up in a small town uh, just outside of ottawa so like everyone i knew listened to country music right. and therefore i grew up hating it <laughs> minus shania twain obviously oh, i love shania yeah, twain yeah we covered that yeah yeah y'all know my love for shania but in high school i, I went through i think it was around Carrie Underwood time like Carrie Underwood had just gotten really big and Mm -hmm. and I went through a a minor country music phase and I and I really liked Carrie Underwood I but I've unabashedly seen her four times in concert this had nothing Um, to do with her sense association or she's listen (laughs) (laughs) that was an Ottawa romance I I was obsessed with her and Mike Fisher for a very long time Uh, but I've since uh calmed that uh stalker like (laughs) tendency down um but I, I, check I, your Instagram following list. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> all, all that is to say, like I went through a minor country music phase and, and I have since come out of it, but for about maybe a week or two every year, I'll go back into it. It's kind of like my guilty pleasure. Sure. Like some women have trashy TV shows. Yep. 
I have cheesy country music and I will listen and like my country music in addition to Shania because Shania never goes out of style it's like you know Carrie Underwood Brad Paisley uh Kenny Chesney Miranda Lambert like that kind of generation okay yeah a little newer um but I don't I couldn't tell you uh uh modern country like a like a super new country music right. artist uh, jason aldean i think is one yep. i couldn't tell you like any of the new country music and and then like as soon as i'm done listening to it i like don't want to hear it again for months <laughs> i i get so irritated with myself even that i listen to it but there there's my long-winded history with country music um we all speaking have of country people music, who pretend that they don't but but it, everybody has exactly, one. You got exactly. one you got one guilty pleasure song in there or something a boot scootin boogie uh any man <laughs> of mine everybody's got something tucked in their spotify somewhere it's okay it's okay to admit um but one thing country music does enjoy is beer and uh matt what it. are you drinking today so i am continuing down the uh the road that i've been on for the last uh, episode or two from the bob cage and brewing company this time we are hitting the uh, Dockside Red, and I I, I I like the name. I like everything about this. Uh, I haven't tried it yet, but uh, the art's kind of cool. We'll post it on uh, on Instagram at Tall Can Audio as we always do. And just the thought of a, a Dockside pint here in the middle of February in Ottawa. Um, everything about that imagery sounds way better than the actual imagery we're living through right now. So. Um, that's where I'm at right now. I, I spent a lot of my summers kind of ages, I don't know, eight or nine through 17, right around Bob Cajun. We, we boated quite a bit and then we had a cottage for a while. So, um, I've, I've always wanted to, I'll be honest, the first time I tried the Bob Cajun Brewing Company, there was something, I can't remember exactly, it was a quiet loon or loon lager or something like that. And I tried it and I was like, eh, this is kind of bland. Um, and it's my cousin who still lives in the area who several months ago got me to try the, uh, one of their stouts, which I had on the last show with Lapo. Um, and I loved it. And so it kind of led me to go back to try Bob Cage and Brewing Company again. And everything I've tried kind of on this second go around, the, the loon was not a good first impression, but everything after that has been awesome. So I got the, uh, the dockside red. What about you? I am going with, uh, part of my small batch dispatch, um, package, I guess, in the last delivery I, delivery I got. I'm going with the Anderson Craft Ale's Coconut Black IPA. Man, the coconut, it's everywhere these days. I love that. Yeah, I figured you'd appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering whether you're going to. <laughs> that is a good question. We will, we, we shall see, but, uh, it's, it's a smaller can. So it's, it's a less of a commitment, which I kind of like, yes. um, but it is a 6.7%. Okay. So it's not nothing. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see. I, I will say this though. I do love it. Bob Cajun is one of those breweries that I don't drink a lot of their beer, but every time I do, I'm like, oh man, that is surprisingly good. And I've still like, got a couple more. You, you know, I think it was last Thursday at this time. We, I, I, it was like a Belgian white winterized stout or something I had from them on here. It was fascinating. Um, didn't mind it, but it didn't blow me away. Uh, went back to that starry night or whatever chocolate stout when we had Lapo on, um, on Wednesday morning. It's, it's always funny to talk like the show was Wednesday morning and I was drinking, but we record these in the later part of the day, folks. So. It's five o'clock somewhere. Um, exactly. Uh, so I've got at least one and maybe two more stouts from Bob Cajun waiting on me here. Uh, there's an IPA I'm kind of waiting on. So I've got a couple more out of that brewery that I'm looking forward to. 
And I think I'm going to put in an order and, and get set up here with uh, five paddles out of Whitby, um, mainly stemming from, if you recall, the uh, first week of the calendar had the uh, uh, coconut cream pie. Speaking of coconut, which I loved and I want to try some more of it. And I was on their website checking it out and there's some, uh, there's a bunch of stuff in there that, uh, that interests me as well. So I think that's what I'll be going back to. What's your uh, first impression on this particular coconut beer? You know what? I, this is not bad. Okay. I, uh, the black IPA thing is always, it's always, odd. I guess, uh, odd because I've had black IPAs that just taste like stouts. Yeah. Like what, where is the IPA aspect? And I'm sure, sure there is a brewer listening to this. Who's going to tell me, <laughs> you know, what in the brewing process it in makes the it capital on Instagram. You can yeah, there you go. Please, <laughs> please correct me. But like, I, I've had black IPAs, like a uh, release the hounds by big rig is, is kind of what I'm most familiar with in yeah. terms of black IPAs. And it, it's basically a stout. This actually tastes like an IPA. Like okay. it's, it's, got nice bitterness to it but it's also like a toasty it's got this toasty kind of um you know the 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 i the kind of smokiness you would get from a stout but Mm -hmm. not super potent i don't get a lot of coconut from it okay to be honest with you it it smells like coconut um what did you say the brewery was uh anderson brewery in london yes so i think you had them as well last week or maybe on, uh, on Wednesday, I've heard that recently anyway, the Anderson Brewing Company, but, uh, I don't know that I've had it on this show, but I know we've had it in the house. Like okay. the, I think, uh, Might they have, have an Rob Amber. I have a hard time keeping track of which is drinking, which, right? I have a hard time <laughs> keeping track of what I'm drinking. Sometimes. That's okay. So, yeah. I, I know they have an Amber that is sold in six packs in some grocery stores. And I know we had one floating around the house a little while ago. And like, I've, I've had Anderson Brewing a couple times and it's always been pretty good. So yeah, this is like. You know, it's not normally my style, but it's pretty tasty. I don't know how cool he is with it or whatever, but I'm going to do it one more time. I'm going to bring up your husband on this show because he sent me a message the other day that just said, great suggestion. And it was oh, a, yes. a picture of the stout from Vimy, which everybody knows on this show uh, is my favorite stout in the city of Ottawa. One of my favorite beers ever. And um, so I know you guys had made the the, the recent uh big purchase from, from Vimy, but, uh, he was backing me up, sent something over saying he was loving the, uh, the Vimy stout. So that's pretty cool too. Yeah. I, I tried it that night with him as well. And, and I will say it was very tasty Yeah, and you know me, I'm kind of new to the stout game, sure. but I was, I was very impressed with it. And uh, I think there's, there's one more sitting in the fridge that's got my name on it. So <laughs> nice. we'll, uh, we'll see if I, I get into that this weekend. So solid, solid suggestion by you, uh, Sweet. for Vimy brewing. Um, well, speaking I, of beer, I, well, hold on one sec. Cause I know it. where you're going, but I, and I know you got the wheel, but I got, I got, Two things I want to ask you here, and they're kind of tied together. Oh, go for it. First, um, if people haven't had a chance yet, episode 788 was Paul Lapolis, head coach of the, uh, the Red Blacks. I thought he was awesome. What did you kind of think of that conversation? I know you had spoken to him before for your own show. Um, you know, what were your kind of takeaways from, from our discussion with, uh, with Lapo? And, and honestly, Chris Hoffley giving me shit on Twitter for not not teasing or tagging him as the, the big get for that episode. But, but what, uh, what do you think of kind of the, the fallout and the, the, the takeaway from, from talking to Lapo there on, uh, on episode 788? Oh, I loved it. I, I love Paul Lapolis. He is such a great interview. Like when you interview people in sports, you get pretty used to standard answers in particular athletes. Um, but yeah, 
But like coaches too, you get like kind of your standard answers from them, right? There's not a lot of variation. And w- like the the previous time that I interviewed La Police, which I think was around a year ago, mm-hmm. I was blown away by by just the the uh, detail he gives in his answers, the way he he's very personable. Like yeah. he makes you feel like you're having a genuine, you are having a genuine conversation mm-hmm. with him, but he makes you feel like he cares for, well, and, for lack you know of a what? better term. Like he uses your name. Like yeah. that's a big thing. And, and it doesn't matter. Like I don't take offense to it when people don't, but when you would ask a question on that show, he'd say, you know what, Michaela, I, what, or, you know, good question, Matt, or whatever it might be. And you go, okay, this guy's engaged, right? You know, he, this isn't just a robotic go through the motions, whatever he's engaged with you. He knows who he's talking to. And yeah, I appreciated that about him too. Like you say, very personable, um, very easy to talk to, very easy to just, you know, he knows what you're looking for, right? Here's kind of the thing I'm roughly asking you about, take it and run with it. And he does. I, I thought it was great. Yeah. And I, I couldn't believe he remembered actually being on my podcast yeah. a year ago. Like I, I, I mean, I know that, it, you know, if you, if you are an engaged person who, who just kind of pays attention, I'm sure you remember these things, but like, sure. it, you know, Many he don't. does how many interviews a week, a day. I know the season didn't happen, but still like, you know, he talks to a million different people. Um, it was, it was nice that he remembered, uh, he remembered, you know, being interviewed on my show. And I, I just, I appreciate his perspective. Um, and you know, I, I've, uh, it was nice to hear from his, his side. I don't want to say side cause it's not like a, a divisive thing, but you know, the Matt Nichols news was big here in Ottawa. And I think a lot of people had a lot of questions about how it went down and why it went down. And I think if if you're a Red Blacks fan listening to that podcast, I'd probably be feeling a lot better about Matt Nichols as my quarterback now. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like, like I had, I've, I've talked about this on, on the Mouchoir podcast. I talked about it here, but like, you know, I, I've made no bones about it. It shocked me and I was bummed out that I, we won't get to see Nick Arbuckle as mm-hmm. the Red Blacks quarterback. But I was, I had come to terms with the, you know, like, Red Black still got a great quarterback yeah, and, and sure. no matter what the quarterback situation is vastly improved from 2019. Yes. But even if you hadn't gotten there yet, I, w- I would probably be much closer to being there after listening to Paul Appleby's talk about Matt Nichols, just from a sheer, you know, this guy's got the reps yeah. standpoint, right? Like, you know, with all due respect to Nick Arbuckle, we've only seen him in seven games yep. and, and Matt Nichols has a, a much longer career. And, and, you know, one thing that, that Paul Apple said that I definitely agree with, and I think we are all guilty of this at times is we tend to focus on the negative when someone's got a longer career, right? We remember the bad things. Yeah, that's true. We don't remember the good things they did. And Matt Nichols has done a lot of good things and, you know, no quarterback is perfect. And I know we, like I said, we tend to focus on the ways that they're not perfect, but that's so, uh, that's so interesting because eh? y- you, like me, were very excited and, and you were kind of ahead of the game on this with, with Nib- uh, Nick Arbuckle. And so when you lose him, like, oh man, because the, the ceiling seems so high, right? The upside is still there. And you're like, this guy's going to do nothing but grow, right? He's going to be, no-. and maybe he will. It, it still looks like he had all, he still has all the same upside he did when he signed here because we didn't play last season and we didn't, but it's theoretical, right? Like it's sort of, you're predicting it. Whereas Matt Nichols you, is more of a well-known, um, you know, a well-known kind of, uh, help me out here. What the hell word quantity. are we looking for? Thank you. God, I'm always well-known <laughs> quantity, quality. No, neither of those stupid. Um, yeah. Well-known commodity. Thank you. Um, and, and it's, it's good, right? Like he, he can do the job and we know that. 
And so maybe there's less of this, oh my God, he could be Damon Allen. But there's also less of, oh my God, he could be Michael Bishop, right? <laughs> like these sorts of, you, the, the guesswork is gone, right? We And I only use that uh, example as a guy who grew up as an Argos fan and Damon Allen comes in at like 45 years old or whatever he is, wins us a great cup and then it gets turned over to Michael Bishop who has all the tools and everyone's excited and then you're like, oh, there it is, right? Like it's not what we thought it might be. So maybe... Arbuckle goes on to be fantastic for the Argonauts. Maybe he doesn't. But when Matt Nichols comes in, you know what he can do. Um, and it it's perfectly serviceable and probably above that. And I, I agree with you. I think it's better um, by miles than what the Red Blacks had in 2019. So uh, we go from there. And But yeah, I thought it was really cool that, uh, that Lapo bought into the vibe. He was cool to sit down, have a pint, talk about why he kind of dug... Um, Kitchissippi and how they kind of welcomed him to town and uh, and these sorts of things and and just guys were willing to just sit around like we talk about all the time like it's sitting around a pub table and just talk right and uh, thought he was a good talker thought he was engaged with us and uh, and I think in a couple of weeks I think we're going to be able to get uh, Matt Nichols on the show as well so we'll get his side of that conversation and we'll find out what beer he likes yes more importantly so the I second one, as I said, there was two parts coming from that. This oh. is much shorter. This has to be that conversation with Lapo. At least the fourth week in a row, wrestling has come up with you on the podcast. As uh, Lapo mentioned, he went to the same high school as Triple H. Um, we had done your thoughts last week on the Royal Rumble past. Uh, the week before, there was Royal Rumble predictions. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to get into a wrestling conversation. I just thought it was funny that this thing that you could couldn't possibly care less about in in a place that you couldn't possibly have expected it was going to come up again somehow. Somehow, here's more WWE talk while we're interviewing the coach of the Red Blacks. That was awesome to me. It just follows me around. <laughs> I didn't ask for this, but it happens, and here I am. This is this is my cross to bear. Yes, it was fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, and I, I, I was listening. Uh, my husband was listening to it. Yeah. And you should have heard his reaction when he found out that Lapo went to <laughs> high school with Triple H. He lost his damn mind. The first thing he said was, "Oh, I didn't know he was from Connecticut. Like, how? Why do you know that Triple H is from Connecticut?" <laughs> Well, they what? say it every time he comes to the. It's no different than the octagon, and I, I guess you're I not guess big so. into combat. But, they always tell uh, from Greenwich, Connecticut, or uh, so it's, <laughs> I, to me, I kind of like I wasn't going to stop the show while Hoff and Lapo or whatever like on with it. But to me, as an inside kind of thing for uh, for our listeners who know that you couldn't possibly care less, it was it was fantastic that wrestling. Came <laughs> you knew up I with. was like, oh, here we go. Yeah, it is cool. I will <laughs> say this it is very cool that he went to high school with Triple H because, yeah. like, even I know how big Triple of H course, is. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I thought that was that was pretty neat. And uh, hey, who, who knows? Maybe Triple H does know that he went to high school yeah. with the coach of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Like, come he'll, on, he'll, I, if, if the Red come Blacks cut the be... cookie, maybe at the home opener, I'd be yes. <laughs> Triple H shirtless with the uh, oh, chainsaw. You're, you're, you're losing me. <laughs> I, I feel like every, every time I see that man, he is either in a full suit yeah. or a speedo. There's no. <laughs> in- oh, you're right about that. <laughs> So I'm picturing I the life H. of a pro wrestler. 
I'm picturing him with his like the whatever the uh, intro music he does. I, I can't think of the band. Motorhead. Thank you. That's gonna be blaring in the background. He's gonna be like running the chainsaw. I don't know what you do with the chainsaw, but like you know, waving it around and and just chopping that cookie off for when the Red Blacks get a touchdown. If that doesn't happen, I'm gonna be well. I really won't care. But you know, well, there's oddly, like this is set right up on play for it. Yeah, he's got a project to work on now, for sure. Chris Hoffley, do your magic. Take the wheel. All right, well, there was some news in the craft beer world. We should start with the beer news, because uh, there was some news in the craft beer world and music world this week when the Tragically Hip filed a statement of claim against Mill Street Brewery. They are suing Mill Street Brewery over the promotion of their 100th Meridian beer. Now, the band claims that the brewery, in, in a couple different instances, uh, mostly on social media posts, essentially made uh, associations between the 100th Meridian Lager and the, the Tragically Hip. You know, uh, one of them was um, they were playing at Young and Dundas to kick off the NHL season, I believe, and, yep. and uh, Mill Street had posted something along the lines of, you know, what a, what a great opportunity or uh, appropriate beer to celebrate the tragically hit playing young and Dundas and a, a picture of a hundredth Meridian lager. And then kind of a similar thing. Uh, I believe this was specifically their brewery and their, their restaurant in St. John's Newfoundland saying, you know, uh, come watch their final concert in August of 2016 and enjoy a hundredth Meridian lager with right. the show. So band didn't like that. I guess they were trying to work something out on the back end. It wasn't happening. So they, they sued Mill Street Brewery. What were your thoughts? Uh, have you had the beer? Uh, yeah, I believe it's like, I think it's, it's an amber lager. Yeah. But it's only I, okay, it's, right? Like, it's, it's fine. Okay. Yeah, it's only okay. Um, and I should say up front, for some reason, I used to really like a lot of the Mill Street stuff. And I'm sure it all is still every bit as good, but I'm just sort of less interested now that they've been bought up by Labatt's. Um, so I'm a little maybe biased against them, but at the same time, you know, all the points you make there are, are correct. And, and the band also pointed out that there's other times that they're just like kind of randomly using Gord's imagery or the band's, you know, press materials in their materials about the beer. And there's no association. And I got to tell you the first, the first time that I saw the beer, I, I assumed there was no affiliation because the band normally any, like they have, um, a, bun- uh, a couple different wines that they release out of uh, one company down in Niagara, and they tweet about it, and they post about it, and they email you about it if you want to buy it, because I'm a huge hip guy. I'm on, like, every one of their mailing lists and social media, this and that. So you kind of know what they're into and what they're not. But at the same time, I kind of understood, all right, I see what Mill Street is driving at here and the association they're trying to make, and as long as you just call it the 100th Meridian you don't have any real problems, right? Like in theory, anybody can talk about the 100th Meridian, even though we all know what you're doing here. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's a lo- longitudinal, yeah. latitudinal line sure. that runs through yeah. Canada. It is definitely the whole world. one of those two things. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know geography. <laughs> so you're kind of like, all right, and I'll try it. And it was fine. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It, it was just, it was fine. But you absolutely cross a line once you start using it to promote yourself using, you know, actual photos of the band or uh, of Gord now, certainly, or whatever. And it just seems like such a weird thing to have gotten this far because I think 
if I was Labatt slash Mill Street, you do it, you use the name, you see how far you can get. And if you do overshoot it, like they clearly have, and the band comes after you, doesn't it seem like the easiest thing in the world to just go, whoa, hey, sorry, public statement, donation of whatever to um, the Downey Windjack Foundation or one of the many other charitable things that the hip or Gord were into, public statement of apology, and you move on. I can't believe that they're holding firm on this, and I can't think of especially on the heels of Gord's passing, I can't think of any entity that I would want to go in Canada to legal battle with than the hip, right? You're going to lose that PR battle every time. I'm, I'm blown away that they're holding firm on this. Yeah, I'm with you on the PR battle thing. Because if you just read the headline of this, yeah. I think most Canadians without looking into it at all would automatically go, oh, screw Mill Street. How yeah. dare they? I... <laughs> Here's here's the thing. I, I I get that there are obvious associations made uh, mm-hmm. in their social media posts, but there like let's say you have like there's there's a a, a beer called Locker Room Lager by Post Game Brewing. I d- don't know why that popped into my head, but it's just what I was thinking of. <laughs> let's say you take Locker Room Lager and you're on their social media and you say, hey, it, you know, there's a there's a hockey game tonight. What a perfect way to enjoy a hockey game than with our aptly named locker room logger, which is doesn't have any official ties to the NHL or any hockey team or even anyone yep. really in the game of hockey. It is just called locker room logger. Yep. That's always kind of how I viewed hundredth Meridian. Sure. Like it is a coincidentally named. Oh, I don't, do you here. think it's a coincidence? I, well, there, there can has a, a prairie. I don't know. I, I'm not from the, uh, the prairies. Uh, it, <laughs> it has a farm thing on it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it is very much insinuating that this is some sort of prairie affiliated, affiliated beer. It is associated with the prairies in some way because the prairies grow wheat and wheat is in beer. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but like, I, I just always, uh, my brain always went to the hundredth meridian, like the, the line that runs through, I think it's Manitoba. Yeah. And that's where the kind of great plains begin. The great plains begin. <laughs> that, that is that is where the prairies begin. But yeah. like, I, they're they're not. I don't know if they were ever using it in advertising, but they were using it in as as far as I know and as far as the articles I've read insinuate, mm-hmm. they were using it in social media posts. There was not technically a, a financial, um, you know, a. a they did not invest financially right. into it. They weren't paying for advertising. They weren't saying, you know, buy a hundredth Meridian lager and get a free tragically hip, you know, no, no. t-shirt or whatever. Like there wasn't that, a, a, that strong of a, an affiliation there. It was just a, you know, Hey, look, our beer is named hundredth Meridian. Tragically hip has a song named hundredth Meridian. Look at that coincidence. Like that's always just kind of how I viewed it. Whether or not that was their intention is beyond me. I right. don't know. Right. And and that's going to be their defense, certainly. And and the thing is, how do you prove otherwise? Because other other than the fact that fully completely came out in 92 and I don't know when 100th Meridian, the beer was launched, but I assume it was after that because I I think Mill Street was like what, late 90s or something like that where they started. So I, I get that timing is probably on their side, but at the same time, like it's just for me, it doesn't seem like that strong of a connection that a lawsuit is 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 necessary. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder, you know, as you and I just had our uh, geography genius conversation on which one's yeah. longitude and latitude, if you asked the average Canadian 
where the hundredth meridian was other and, and any of them that answered with anything other than where the great plains began. <laughs> um, you know, like it's, it's a term we don't use. Why did you choose that title unless it was already made famous by somebody else? Right. Like if you, I, I think that's yeah. the, and, and there is a certain amount of, we've asked you to stop, not necessarily naming, they don't get to claim ignorance, right? This has been going on for a while. And we haven't asked you to change the name of the beer up until now. We've just asked you to stop using our imagery or to pretend that you're, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge in bed with us. And the band has kind of said, not only did they not respond, but they were openly disrespectful and dismissive in. So uh, you're right. They don't have this kind of copyright exclusive claim to the term 100th Meridian. But I think if they had just sort of carried on, because this beer has been out for a while, you know, with the name of the beer and not trying to kind of snuggle up to, but not snuggle up to the band, right? Like a wink and a nudge that we all know what we're talking about. And as long as it was just that, I think they'd have been okay. But uh, at least in a few places that I've read about it, it they, they didn't like that you know, there was actual photos sometimes in the promotional materials of the band. Like you're, we're no longer winking and nudging, right? It's, Hey, look at that. We're doing that. And you're not, you're not a part of it. So uh, I don't know. I, I think as much as anything, maybe this is a little bit of a, um, you know, a little bit frivolous. I, I don't know. But at the same time, I kind of get it, right? We tried to do this behind closed doors with you. We tried to do it the right way and you're ignoring us. So fine, here we go. We'll do this publicly and publicly Labatt's going to lose. Like, Yeah, I I definitely think, you know, there's the, the court of public opinion is certainly going to speak on this one. I find yeah. the timing of it a little odd. Like if they were posting about the tragically hip performing at Young and Dundas Square in 2014, mm-hmm. Well, and then, of course, the the last concert in August in 2016. Like, I get there was a lot of back and forth, but why now? Like, why why do you need to do this now? I I, I guess I I don't know. I I just I haven't performed I get, in a while. We need a couple bucks. <laughs> well, like I'm not making you know. Uh, it, it's yeah. weird timing to me. Like I, I, again, like I'll I'll use the another sports example. Like Left Field Brewery, mm-hmm. one of the best breweries in Toronto, awesome in my opinion. Stuff, yeah. Very baseball themed brewery obviously they're called left field they have a brewery dog named left field wrigley (laughs) and i i've i know this because i've talked to the one of the brewers about it but like they they can't legally have an affiliation with the jays because the jays are with uh uh, labat yeah um so they can't sell you know have a concert or or, sorry a contest uh you know for jays tickets or whatever but they can post on social media say hey come down to the brewery and watch a jays game yep what's the difference I'm far from qualified to answer that question. I just no. I, <laughs> I, know, I, I know it's kind of a rhetorical question. Yeah, like I just come I, watch I, the Blue Jays versus the Blue Jays. You know, aren't explicitly, but like we can nod at the fact that the Blue Jays signed off on this. I think that's the band's contention, right? Is that we're together and they're not. I, I I don't know. Maybe it's not. It, it reminds me all the time of um, early in the '90s. The first couple NHL video games did not have permission from the PA 
So you had numbers on jerseys, but no names, right? Because you weren't allowed to use their names. And so then the NHL put it, PA put out their own video game and no longer were these players that now had real names on their jerseys. They didn't play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They just played for Toronto and they wore blue jerseys and they had the number or they had the name, um, but you couldn't use the, you know, it, it's sometimes just fighting over the stupidest shit and everyone already yep. knows what this is supposed to mean, but we're not allowed to actually say it. So, um, yeah, yeah I'll be interested to follow it, I guess, is more yeah. uh, and, and just see, see where this goes. Where this goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, enough uh, beer news for this week, which I know there, there often isn't like solid beer news. So yeah. that was actually kind of kind of beer news, but not enough beer. Always. Never, never. (laughs) Um, There was uh, some kind of crappy news, uh, really crappy news in uh, the sports world this week with uh, TSN closing down three of their radio stations, one in Winnipeg, one in Hamilton, one in Vancouver, Mm -hmm. Uh, just a week removed from some pretty high profile layoffs, including uh, Natasha Staniszewski, Dan O'Toole and Brent Wallace here in Ottawa. So uh, a tough couple weeks for TSN and and, uh, the sporting world is not happy about it. They're getting rightfully just ripped um, across Canada uh, obviously owned by Bell Media, and I guess one of the biggest issues, obviously, being that Bell Media took a pile of government money that was sort of earmarked for small businesses. I'm not sure Bell qualifies as one of those. Um, into the tuna, what was it like, 120 million or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Based on what I saw yeah. online, it was 122 million. I think to, to that's government money earmarked to stay open, keep afloat, but. If you give it to Bell instead of giving it to TSN 1040 or whichever company, then obviously they get to decide. Um, Like Bell is painting this very much as business as usual. We didn't shut down these sports radio stations because of the pandemic. We shut them down because they were no longer profitable. And now funny AM in Winnipeg with stand-up content is going to replace TSN radio or whatever you're going to do. Um, they're being very careful about how they word this, but it was shit, honestly, to to do it, and not just to do it, but the way they did it. None of the staff knew anything about it. A bunch of them on air, if you can find them, then they're disappearing quickly because Bell Media is pulling stuff down all over the place. You have on-air personalities currently hosting shows, receiving text messages that say, Hey, really sorry to hear the news. And they're like, what are you talking about? And within like a minute and a half, they're off the air. Like they didn't find out from their boss. They didn't get a thanks for your service. You didn't get a gold watch, anything like that. Just, you know, scanning Twitter and being like, Hey, TSN 1040 in Vancouver has been shut down while you're a host on the air on TSN Vancouver, right? So this is, man, you, you said it with, with Brent Wallace in Ottawa and, and Natasha Staniszewski, Dan O'Toole was a huge one. And now some of these talk radio stations in the sports world across Canada anyway, it was a huge blow, like to, to just wipe out three stations just like that, like 200 people just gone um, with no... Did you see the, I I sent over to you and, um, I'll post it maybe on social media, the, the, the announcement that played from Bell as they went off the air. I haven't actually listened to it yet. Okay. It's cold. 
it's it's like this robotic voice. We want to thank, uh, you know, due to the changing nature of radio in Canada, uh, we've made some adjustments and stay tuned on Friday for what's going to be new. And we'd like to thank our producers and our hosts and our salespeople, but mostly you, the listener. We have some news to share today about changes to our programming. As of today, CKST will no longer be a sports talk radio station. This was a difficult decision, but the realities of the quickly evolving broadcast media landscape in Canada have made this change unavoidable. We want to thank our on-air personalities, advertising partners and sponsors, and everyone who has contributed to this station. But especially, we want to thank you, our listeners. Our work here at TSN 1040 was driven by our passion to bring you the very best sports, news, and discussion. We sincerely appreciate the time you spent with us. You can continue to find TSN sports content on the iHeartRadio Canada platform and on TSN, tsn tsn.ca, and the TSN app. The new format of the station will be launched this Friday at 7 a.m. Thank you again for your loyalty over the years. in the road Time grabs you by the wrist directs you where to go So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable But in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life and you're just like, you've blindsided all these people. And, and radio sucks. Normally, when you get fired as a radio host, they don't tell you like you have till the end of the week because you'll spend the rest of the week trashing them, right? So yeah. you just get told you're done. But to just clear out entire stations like this isn't something that, that normally happens. And to me, that was wild. And and just before I end it back, the thing that uh, I I thought was... Oh, man, almost unbelievably callous. After this announcement plays, they start playing the song Good Riddance by Green Day. And it, the stations are obviously going to play a little music for a while until they figure out what the next step is, till they get, you know, alternate programming on or whatever. And it's supposed to be, I guess, this fond goodbye. Uh, it's one of the most popular, like, high school graduation songs, right? Hope You Had the Time of Your Life is kind of the main lyric and everything. But the song is called Good Riddance. And it just seemed so, ah, man, it just seemed so callous to me. Kind of what was your takeaway when you saw that another three stations had gone down? Yeah, just on the the song choice, like I wonder if that was someone who, because if you hear the song "Good Good Riddance" by yes. Green Day, you know it. It's the graduation song. Yes. It's the farewell song. That's that screams to me someone who didn't know the actual title right. of that song. <laughs> no, like, and, and you're so right, but still, like, do do a little research, right? Uh, like. Yeah. And and listen, full disclosure, like I work for TSN. Yeah, I, I work for TSN 1200, as many of you know, and and so. You know, so you were panicked when I sent I over the article today <laughs> in a bad way. I just, Michaela and I trade notes before we sit down to record on things we want to talk about. So I just sent over 
the CBC article on this and just said TSN closes more radio stations. And Michaela, I thought that meant today, yeah. like more in addition to what? these three. No. Was like, oh my God. So, that was <laughs> poor form by me. No, that's okay. Listen, I, I like I was also panicked on whatever day this was Tuesday, I, I think when all these announcements came yes. out, because there was a period of time where people were like, what about TSN 1200? Yep. What about we TSN 1050? Yeah. And, and I was kind of waiting around like, you know, I mean, and, and I'm very lucky that TSN 1200 is not my only source of income, right? Right. I have a full-time job and, and, but, but I've also, I've, I've been laid off before mm-hmm. and let me, it is way less fun than it sounds. <laughs> and it is, without a doubt, one of the worst things that can happen to somebody. It is 100% a traumatic experience. Yeah. And uh, hundreds of people went through that in the last couple of days, in the last couple of weeks, really. And, and I know throughout the pandemic, thousands of people have lost yeah. their jobs. Yeah. And, you know, it's one thing to lose your job. It's another thing to lose your job during a global pandemic, right? So it's like, there's just no amount of, of sympathy or well wishes I can send out to anybody that's going to make any of this better. Right. It sucks. There's no, there's no two ways about it. It sucks so much. And, you know, radio is a tough business. Sports broadcasting is a tough business, but, you know, to, 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 it's one thing for, for, you know, losing your job, but to lose your job along with your coworkers, you know, I can only imagine, I can only imagine what that's like. And, you know, it's, it's, it's also not fun. You know, I've been on both sides. I've, I've been laid off and I've been, with companies that laid off people every year. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, sat at my cubicle waiting to find out if I was going to be one of the ones tapped on the shoulder. And I've watched my colleagues get tapped on the shoulder and walked out. Right. Like it is no matter what side you're sitting on, obviously it's nice to have a job the next day, but it still sucks, right? There's that kind of survivor's guilt that follows you around for a little bit. So I think a lot of people in sports broadcasting are feeling a bit of that right now. Yeah. Um, and, well, and, you know, anxiety over what's next what's coming like it just it it's so and one thing that um a couple of people have mentioned like the blow to the cfl that this potentially has right these are three cfl markets and these are three stations that carried rights to their respective cfl teams Mm -hmm. um you know tsn 1150 in hamilton like that was their main thing that was it was was the tie cats yep so yeah they don't have any other sport right winnipeg similarly um, you know, they have the NHL and they have, um, the CFL and, and I guess, I guess Vancouver's the same, but Vancouver felt like a bigger city that could, you know, they had the white caps and, and, you know, could get by on numbers with, you know, talking about other things. But to me, for some reason, Winnipeg, and, and this isn't to diminish the jobs of the people in Vancouver by any means, but it just felt like in terms of damage to the CFL, Hamilton and Winnipeg are part of that group that's like, no, this is what we do, right? Like, we have the CFL, and that's our big thing. Um, Yeah, this was not a good week for the CFL at all, and the attention that they get and and being kept top of mind for sports fans. um, This was hugely damaging for the CFL. I wonder... And, and, you know, you can kind of wave me off if this isn't something you want to get into. You, you have a a steady gig and whatever, but at the same time you do work for TSN 1200. And I was like you, when I saw things breaking out on Twitter, like, oh man, 1040s off the air. And it looks like Hamilton is too. And it's going, you're just, I'm not tied to 1200, but I have friends at 1200 and in Ottawa and you're like, 
don't do it. Don't. And, and it's not that those jobs are worth more or less. It's just, I know those people. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're like, please don't be here too. And so they've held clear. One of the things appears to be the stations that hold rights to the NHL team. So TSN 690 in Montreal, um, and certainly 1200 in Ottawa and then 1050 in Toronto, um, splits it with the fan 590 in Toronto. So the NHL team and the tie there maybe kind of kept those guys afloat for now, but I do wonder, and this is the part where maybe you want to wave me off. Maybe you don't working for 1200 and, and, and being a part of that, but with another steady income, does this dampen your interest in doing this? And, and I know you, you love your current gig. So I guess I don't know if they came calling and said, we want you to be the new permanent uh, 10 to 12 host on TSN 1200, give up the gig that you have and join our radio station. Is that something, you know, that is this something that damages your interest going, man, that is an unstable business. I don't know what I'd be building and I don't know for how long, like I wonder what this does to people's interest in, in getting into sports talk moving forward given the unstable nature of it. Our buddy Steve McLean from the OHL Fanboys podcast said um, when Brian Burke left for the Penguins, because yeah, somehow being in NHL management is suddenly more stable than being in Canadian sports media. So, <laughs> yeah, I, that's a that's a tough one for me to answer. If I'm being honest, um, I think that just the the landscape of sports media has changed quite a bit. Where it's not just TV and radio anymore. Like obviously the internet is a thing and, and podcasts. I mean, we're on a podcast right now and and they're huge. And I think that, uh, it pays great, obviously. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) We're rolling in the free beer here, (laughs) but, but, you know, I, I think that it's both scary and exciting in that you, I think Steve Dangles talked about this and he's a prime example of someone who can, who the internet has, uh, you know, he's made a career on the internet. Yeah. You don't need to go through the same career paths that there used to be. Right. And and I'm not even saying that radio is a thing of the past or TV is a thing no, of the past. No. I don't think that either. Um, but there's just more options, right? right? Like you can go, you're in college right now and you want to get into sports broadcasting, go start a blog. Yep. And, you know, you're going to be really bad for a long time. Yeah. That's okay, <laughs> but be bad there. Yeah. Be, yeah. be bad where no one's going to see you. Um, <laughs> and then you're going to be that much better when you do get, you know, a job with the athletic or, sure. you know, so, uh, one of the big, you know, whether it's Rogers or bell, one of the the bigger companies in sports media. Like I think, I think the, the changing landscape is both terrifying and exciting depending on how you look at it. So um, there's no two ways about it. This sucks. This the, no, like, right. I, 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 whether it's a, an NHL coach or, uh, you know, someone in sports media, I am never happy to be talking about someone losing their job. Right. And it's, I hope that those who, who, who did lose their job, a, um, go on to big and great things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have no doubt they will. Cause I think there's a lot of talent there, but I hope they're able to take some time and, uh, you know, get whatever, whatever self-care they need to do right now to make everything, to, to make themselves feel better. I hope they're able to do it. Cause, uh, 
it's, it's not a fun thing to go through and, and it is traumatic and, and people need space. I remember after I lost my job, like I, I needed like a week before I even thought of my next move. Cause I just needed to process everything. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, uh, I, you know, I, I hope that they're able to take that time. I realize not everybody has that time, but, uh, I, I hope they're able to take it cause it, uh, it sucks. Yeah, no, it was awful. Um, the way it happened was awful to who it happened was awful. Um, it, the, the whole vibe was just brutal, right? And you could see names that you recognized, names that were just getting their starts, names who'd been around for, for years and years and years suddenly just cut loose and, uh, you know, and, and you don't have to look any further than, than, you know, our own backyard there with Brent Wallace. And <laughs> that was the guy, you know, I've said it before when they would go around on the old sports center, the old sports center, you know, before NHL games. Back like, in my day. Yeah. You'd go to the flames are playing tonight. Here's Jermaine Franklin. The Canucks are playing tonight. Here's Farhan Lalji. The Sens are playing tonight. Here's Brent Wallace. And you grew accustomed to those faces, right? John Liu in Montreal. And you just, you knew that's the guy that's going to set the scene. That's the guy who's going to do the job. And, um, uh, man, Brent Wallace has been a staple in Ottawa forever and i was blown away to see that he was one of those guys cut loose so um you know best wishes to him and and best wishes to everyone that's had this happen to them over the last couple of weeks and man all we can do is just hope they're done cutting yeah yeah absolutely and and yeah what a what a loss to sends coverage with brent wallace being gone he did such a good job and uh you know he had such great uh connections and relationships with everybody in the rank. Like, you know, I've, I've watched him walk around the rank. Everyone knows him. Everyone says hi to him. He talks to everybody. Like <laughs> it's, it, it really sucks. And, and, uh, I, I know, uh, Lisa Wallace, his wife also works in sports and she's someone I've connected with a number of times. And it's such a, you know, they're, they're a great, uh, they're, they're, they're both so great at what they do. Like mm-hmm. I have no doubt that Brent Wallace will, will land somewhere. Oh, yeah. awesome. Um, but yeah, you just, you hope it happens soon and and again you hope he's able to take the time he needs to process things and, yeah i know and, he's been there a long time this is going to be an yeah. investment for sure oh absolutely that's one of the things people don't talk about when when you lose your job like especially if you've done it for a long time i think it's like 23 years he's been in sports media yeah. but like it is such a loss to your not just like mentally it's a blow to your ego and all this stuff, but like you're something that you spent 40, at least 40 hours a week Mm -hmm. uh, doing for a number of years is now just completely gone. Yeah. No, it's a huge part of your own identity, right? Like what am I now? What am I doing on Monday morning? Oh yeah. There's, there, there is a problem. We don't, again, we don't talk enough about what a trauma it is for people to lose their job. Like it, it can be a huge blow. Um, so again, I, I just, I just hope he's able to, to everybody is able to take the time they need to process things and, and, uh, they all land on their feet, which I have no doubt they will. Um, uh, now for, uh, awkward and bad transitions, (laughs) which I'm famous for, um, the the national anthem is a yeah. point of controversy yet again in sports, Matt. <laughs> uh, this time centered around the Dallas Mavericks, who, by the way, have gone 13 games without playing the national anthem, and not a lot of people were questioning <laughs> it. No one noticed until one person asked Mark Cuban, Mavericks owner, about it, and he said that uh, the Mavericks would not play the anthem. Um, since the league had allowed them to kind of adopt adapt their uh, pregame operations this season, 
Yeah. Uh, Cuban said, nope, we're not doing this. It seems that that sense has changed um, because the NBA <laughs> realized this yeah. loophole and uh, said all teams will play the national anthem in keeping with the longstanding league policy. And Cuban released his own statement saying that uh, they would reintroduce the anthem. But um, he did highlight that it is an issue uh, that he hopes he, you know, th- th- there's more that he hopes to come out of the situation. And, and he said, part of his statement said, going forward, our hope is that people will take the same passion they have for this issue and apply the same amount of energy to listen to those who feel differently right. from them. Uh, so that, what were your thoughts overall on the, uh, the Anthem situation? Yeah, it's interesting because I kind of, there's, there was a long time where I was like, Mark Cuban's kind of a douche. I don't really like that guy. Um, but recently, I've felt that way less and less, right? Like, he seems to be coming down on uh, what I would call the right side, which really just means my side on a lot of issues. <laughs> um, and and that's been happening more and more lately. And so one of the main reasons he said he cut it was not everybody feels represented by that anymore, right? Like, that, that doesn't necessarily apply to a lot of our fans. And so we're just going to cut it. Um and like you said, it's funny how long it went before anybody noticed. And that's because it's really shouldn't be as important as it is. I got to tell you, I've been back and forth on this issue. And my main stance has always been, because people have been screaming for a long time, cut the anthems. We don't need it. It's it, We don't need to be doing that anymore. Um, it's kind of started, I guess, back in one of the world wars as like a show of support to the forces. And you're like, all right, whatever you got to do. And then it just kind of became a thing across sports. And for a long time I was fine with it. And then I kind of went, how about you just play yours? Like if the Leafs are in Philly, we sing the national anthem because it's for the fans, right? We're not doing every anthem of every player. We're not doing the Russian anthem and the Czech anthem and the Finnish anthem and the... This is for the fans. So just do yours. Just play the American one when we're in your house. Play the Canadian one when you're in our house. And let's just carry on. And then even that started to become a thing. Um, And so I I kind of applauded Mark Cuban that it was just like, yeah, I don't think this is a great thing for our fan base anymore. I didn't expect it would become a huge... uh, Actually, that's not true. Whenever you talk about patriotism, it's going to become a huge thing. (laughs) But I didn't expect that it would sweep league-wide. I just went, okay, team owners and team management will kind of decide as they go what's appropriate and, and what they want to do, and I was fine with that too. And then the league stepped in and went, no, 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 no. We're not talking about nationalism. We're not talking about patriotism. We play the anthem league-wide, and that's that. And I guess I just kind of, my reaction was similar to his, which appeared to be, meh, right? Like, fine, we tried Um, he drew the attention that he wanted to draw to the issue. And I don't know, I'm, I'm swaying more and more from the just play your own anthem to the, just get rid of the damn thing. I got to tell you, even in Canada right now, where we're only having the one, cause we're playing in an all Canadian division, I'm done seeing it on TV. I don't understand why Sportsnet think this is one of the big differences between the, the broadcasters for the most part. TSN goes to commercial during the anthem. They do their panel. They do their pregame interviews. They go to commercial during the anthem and they're back in time for puck drop. Sportsnet wants to show you the anthem. And there are moments over the years where 
deep in the playoffs and the the, the anthem singer guy is going to point the microphone at the crowd and they're going to sing it. And this is going to be great television on a Saturday night during the third round of the playoffs. It's an empty building. You're playing this Zoom recording on the big screen of the anthem. Go to commercial. This is bad television. Um, that's a whole other discussion, I guess. This I, I, I could feel myself getting warmed up like the Winnipeg Jets uh, last week. That <laughs> so I'm going to stop myself there. I guess my point would be whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of sick of the anthems because they've become divisive and the fact that they have become divisive is forcing everyone to dig in on their side, play it louder than you've ever played it or don't play it at all are kind of the two stances. And I still kind of find myself like, just stop having it be a thing that I have to hear about. Like I've seen anthems forever, so I'm fine if they continue. I'm fine if they go away, but can we stop talking about it? And, and yeah. I pointed out like we're talking about it on the pod. Cause I sent it and said, I want to talk about, but just, <laughs> but just day to day, every month, it seems like there's a can- controversy about anthems, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh yeah. Where are yeah. you at? Do you want to play them? No, I, I, I don't like, here's my thing. Um, for those who say keep politics out of sports yeah. or yeah, keep politics out of sports. Um, playing the anthem before a game is inherently political Yep. and you don't, I, I don't think you can make the argument of s- sports should remain apolitical while the anthem is played before every game. If you want the anthem played before every game, you don't get to get mad when someone uses it as a vehicle through which to uh, make a statement because the team, yeah, Colin Kaepernick, prime example, the team, the league is making a statement by playing the anthem. So you as a player have every right to make a statement by kneeling for the anthem. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless it's Jesse Reyes kneeling on top of the CN tower. (laughs) I don't really care for the anthem, but that was good TV. Uh, but I just, I'm, I'm glad that Mark Cuban did what he did in that. Me too. Okay. He was, you know, he, he was well within his right to not play the anthem. No one noticed it for 13 games. And it then should show us all how important it really is. Come on. <laughs> and, and then he explained his himself and the NBA all of a sudden went, whoops, we didn't mean like that. Please start playing it again. Mm-hmm. And he went, okay, fine. But just know that, you know, if you're going to get this upset, maybe take that energy and listen to people when they say that they don't think the anthem represents their rights. Right. Because there are, and there are a huge group. There are several groups of people who, who don't feel that the anthem, the flag, patriotism in general represents their experience in these countries. That's right. Right. And, and, you know, Colin Kaepernick was one, Megan Rapinoe was another one. She, she and Sue Bird did a G- GQ special uh, article earlier this week. And uh, in it, she says like, you know, as a gay woman, I didn't think my rights were being represented by what's being, but by the, this country and, and what this anthem represents. And, mm. you know, I, how do you argue that? It don't. That's the whole it, point. It, it, like, it's a fact. There, there, there are people being discriminated against. There are people who aren't allowed to, you know, get married in parts of the, of of the country. Right. <laughs> there are people who are who are afraid to get pulled over by the cops in most of that country and here in Canada. We're not we're not immune nope. to this. Nope. And my my whole thing is like, 
I think the anthem, what purpose does it serve playing the anthem before? Like, and, and I'll admit I was for a long time. I never really thought of the anthem as being an issue before sports, but that's because I'm also a straight white woman. Exactly. Like I, no, I, I don't have that, that same boat. That... And, and that's okay. Like, I, I think that people just need to, we get so defensive, but if your argument is, well, that's just the way it's always been. Well, that's not a good argument anymore. Yeah. And you know, just taking the time to listen when someone says, I don't feel like the anthem fully represents me. I don't feel um, protected or, or represented in the way that you do by this country and, and this anthem and this flag. Just, you know, listen when someone says that. I, I wish that people wouldn't get their backs up quite as much. And a prime example of that is what the Dallas Stars did. Oh my like God. the Dallas Stars immediately released a, a statement saying that, that no one you know, no one, literally no one. This is one of those tweets. It's like no one, not a single soul on this earth. The Dallas Stars, the playing of the national anthem is a time-honored tradition. Like th- there were a number of things that were traditions for a long time that were not okay. Yeah. Like throwing the anthem in that category should make you wonder what other reason we have to play this before sports. Yeah. Like it, it we don't need a jolt of patriotism before we watch the Sens get spanked by the Vancouver Canucks. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm fired it, up enough. Honestly, <laughs> like, and, and you know what? If you want the anthem before a, a hockey game, fine. Just you don't get to complain when someone uses it as a, a political statement because right. the anthem itself is a political statement. Yeah, and and you're right because how often do we see? And it's it's always the worst in baseball, but it happens in every sport where. The Blue Jays are at uh, Fenway, probably. Um, and there's a whole stadium chanting USA, USA, USA as their Cuban pitcher faces our American batter. You're like, what, what you doing? Like, what have you thought about what you're yelling at all? Right. Nationalism, patriotism in sports outside of the Olympics. And, and I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but if we're watching again, Austin Matthews face off for the most well-known team in Canada, this Mexican American kid and taking some sort of nationalistic pride in it. Oh man, you're doing this all wrong. right? Like you got to think about what you, and I love the Leafs. I love Austin Matthews, all these, but I don't have my national pride wrapped up in him beating Canadian Patrice Bergeron from the Boston Bruins in this face-off right now. Like, it's just such a weird thing to take pride in. I I agree. And, and, you know... It's also the the issue of national pride. I, I I grapple with myself because like I was born here. I didn't do anything to get here. Yeah. Luck of the right? draw. Like I'm very lucky. I feel very lucky to be born in Canada. Oh, yeah. not, I'm not saying Canada's perfect. I mean, we have our problems, Jesus. But like you know, I, th- I think people get really they get really passionate about national pride. But when you really peel back the layers and try to figure well, what is that national pride? Where does it come from? Right. Like being proud of, of just luck of the draw being born somewhere. is such a weird thing to me, but you know, that's besides the point. Like, I also think like, what does it do to the viewing experience? Does it contribute anything to it? No, No, it's irrelevant. And again, this is one of those things like, sorry, where I've always like in the building, there has been a moment or two, depending on the event, depending on the situation. Like, uh, I used to go, I, I was lucky enough to go a couple times to military appreciation night, 
um, at the ACC for the Leafs. And when they played the anthem that night and the big flag was being passed around, you kind of can't help it. You kind of get goosebumps a little bit. And maybe it's okay in the crowd. But this circles back to my own. It's bad television. Like, oh, yeah. It, it's no one sitting at home. And it almost creates this awkward moment. Am I supposed to shut up while the anthem's on television? Or am I supposed to stand up and put my hat over my heart? Do I stop making my chicken wings and rum and coke? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with this on my TV? It's for the people in-house and maybe not even them, right? So it's weird. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I take the argument that there, there have been some pretty powerful anthems um, sure. throughout the years. Because oftentimes, you know, for better or for worse, they use sports as a, yes. politi- a political rallying moment, right? Yep. And, I, you know, I remember being at the Red Blacks game after the shooting on Parliament Hill. Sure. Yeah, first red last game and and the the I, I'll I'll admit I got chills yes. during that anthem, but you know is it necessary that that was a one time thing and an incredibly tragic situation that happened yeah. here in Ottawa, you know do we need the anthem before every sporting event probably right. not I will I was also at an NFL game, uh, the weekend that Donald Trump had called anybody who knelt. Uh, for the anthem, a loser or something like that. <laughs> and that weekend, all of the NFL pretty much knelt or yes. linked arms. Yeah. And I was in, in Gillette Stadium in New England. Of course. And I don't know if you know this, but Boston is um, a relatively Republican <laughs> area. And uh, uh, th- there were, I think it was the Texas, uh, sorry, the Houston Texans. And uh, half of the Houston Texans had knelt and the rest had linked arms. All of the New England Patriots had, of course, just linked arms um, because they weren't going to do much more than that. And uh, the crowd was not happy about this. And I just remember standing there as a Canadian going, okay, hold your hand over your heart and just pretend like you care about the anthem because we're not dying here today. Like the thing, I I don't even remember the first quarter because I was in such a blind rage for some of the things that had been yelled from the crowd. Like I've... I have never been that uncomfortable in a, in a, a stadium. And it's and so weird. Exactly. We just, we just didn't like, even need to do me. it at all. Exactly. Don't now tell everyone's me that's pissed to the and... viewing experience. No. Like the, the, even those moments of where the anthem is good or where, where yes. the anthem can spark these, you know, national uh, rallying moments. Like, well, I think it was the Oilers, it, wasn't it? In 06, when they went to the cup final, they were one of the first teams to have this thing where after the first verse, the guy would hold the microphone to the crowd and it became this thing like for the entire rest of their run. And that almost was good TV. You're like, holy crap, they're belting out this song. And I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was the Canucks in 2011, but I hated them. So whatever. <laughs> I, but you're like, okay, I can see why you're showing this. Cause at the time it was unique and it was powerful and it was, what. it's Tuesday night. We're playing the Florida Panthers. The anthem is irrelevant. Like, Give me two minutes of extra, I was going to say panel time, but that's becoming worse and worse, something <laughs> else, and then go to commercial. I don't need to watch this thing that's just dead, right? Like, yeah. it, I don't know. I, you know, the last thing I'll say is it, for those, and, and listen, like, I'm not going to, I get that there are people who feel very passionately about this one way or another, yeah. but if you're really passionate about, the anthem playing before a sporting event, just ask yourself why. Yeah. What is it that, you know, if this legitimately adds to your viewing experience, okay. But 
also, when someone says to you that, hey, listen, I don't like the anthem before sporting events and here's why, listen to them. Sure. Right. That everyone has their right to an opinion. And I think that's it's the one thing that just I, I know people get really up in arms about this and very defensive of keeping the anthem there. But other than the fact that it is a quote unquote time honored tradition <laughs> or something we have always done. Why? That was my favorite part of the Dallas Stars tweet. Was like, time honored. What have you been there since 94? Like, how long have you been honoring this tradition? Come on, man. And like, play any like, song. Like, play it, Friday by Rebecca Black or something. Like, There we go. <laughs> You got to get down on Friday. I mean, like fun, 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 fun. <laughs> argue with that. Just worry about which seat will you choose. That's it. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For the love of God, get your beer, get your nachos, sit in the right seat, enjoy the game. <laughs> we don't need to worry about this. I, no. I, yeah, that's it's a. I mean, we can make a whole podcast episode on this because it's may a have. very. We may have just we done probably that. May have, <laughs> I, I, and I can only imagine the you know mentions that we could possibly uh, get out but um yeah just listen to people that's yeah. uh, that's all i can say if, if, if you're super pro anthem great but when someone tells you they're not just listen to them yep they, they have every right to an opinion same as you so um that's let's let's talk about the more important issue and that is uh rebecca black and friday <laughs> there is some sort of anniversary of it's a big week michaela it's, it's a big, big week Matt, tell us why. this is the 10th anniversary of friday by rebecca black um, oh my I, god, I'm old. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, this is also, and, and, and this is far less important, this is the week I had my kidney transplant. Ten years ago, at the time, I thought that was a big deal. And I missed, because I was in hospital and recovering, I missed the Rebecca Black craze. And I understand now, in hindsight, what by far the more important occasion was. And the Rebecca Black Friday, uh, it took off. People loved, not you, uh, but most people, a lot of people loved it. Uh, really, more people hated it. Somehow, though, it gained just millions and millions and millions of views. Um, and this week is important because not only is it the 10th anniversary, but there has been an anniversary remix released with a bunch of people I've never heard of before. Um, and it now sounds like a club banger. Uh, and my favorite thing is that she posted this anniversary remix of the song, which we will, of course, share in all our social media places at Tall Can Audio. Uh, the very first comment, because it's been upvoted or liked the most times, is, how did you make it worse? How? <laughs> <laughs> There's like 39 replies, 12 retweets, and like 3,000 likes. <laughs> so it's, um, oh, Lord. I got to tell it's you, back. guilty pleasure. I liked the original. The new one, it's awful. It's awful. It's it's a dance remix. I, I can't stand it. I didn't hate the old one as much as everybody else did. I'm, I'm with you. It was a total guilty pleasure. Like I'm not going to lie. Literally every Friday at some point, during the day, the song "It's Friday, It's Friday, <laughs> Got to Get Down on Friday" will pop into my head. Even just that one little part of it, like Rebecca Black, is forever burned into my brain. Yes. And like girlfriend knew how to write a catchy tune. <laughs> I don't know if she wrote it; she may not have. Um, but whoever wrote it and and her performance of it has has shaped our 
generation because there's an entire generation of people who like me cannot say it's Friday without following it up by Gotta it's get Friday. Down on Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. <laughs> like, that is now just what you say. It's a part of our it's a part of our heritage. So <laughs> as someone far cooler than me, when I sent you the link to the tweet of the remix, did you recognize the names of people that were featured in this remix? Are they somebodies? Are they nobodies? Or so to give you an idea, I have to go back and look at the names because they didn't stand out enough to me. It's like at 303 or something, and then uh, I don't remember. See, like I'm also – my genre of music is not like <laughs> – Like a black remix. Well, yeah, I don't – and it's no disrespect to the people who were featured in this. I just don't know about them because I don't – It might be disrespect. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't recognize all them right. at all. Sorry, we're going to share it anyway. You're all going to hear it. Oh yeah, no, this is the new. In fact, you're probably yeah. We're going to get out of here on that song. That's how we'll wrap this up at the end of the show. Oh, perfect, (laughs) perfect. Um, Before we go, there is some uh, additional news. Um, Not not like a huge topic, but it was a bit. It was a busy week in WNBA free agency. A lot of big moves um, throughout the week, but the biggest, and this is of interest to Canadian basketball fans, is Kia Nurse was traded from the New York Liberty to the Phoenix Mercury along with Megan Walker for draft assets. So Kia Nurse, the the best Canadian basketball player right now, um, no longer a member of the New York Liberty. She is now with the Phoenix Mercury. And I am super happy that just over a week ago, I asked Kia how nice it is not to have to worry about switching teams because she's not a free agent. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Live on the air on TSN 12. So, yeah, you think you're having a bad day. (laughs) So put this in perspective for me, because I know Kia Nurse, right? Like probably the greatest Canadian women's basketball player ever. Where does that rank? um, You know, where does that put her in the WNBA? Just because you're the best in Canada doesn't necessarily mean much, but is that a top five, 10, just upper echelon. Like where does she fit? How big of a move is this in the WNBA? I would put her in top, top 10 for sure. I mm-hmm. think it's debatable top five, but definitely top 10. Okay. She's one of the top players for sure. And, and the thing was, you know, she was playing in, in the, on the New York Liberty with, uh, um, Sabrina Ionescu, who is one of the most highly touted prospects coming out of, uh, I believe she was with the University of Connecticut last year. So last year was supposed to be her first full year. And unfortunately, uh, she didn't end up playing. Uh, she, she was hurt most of the year, but it was, you know, all the hype was watch Sabrina Ionescu with Kia Nurse. That was like the, the you know, the big sure. kind of hype line for this team. team. And, and and listen, the Liberty did not have a great season. They finished dead last in the league. Obviously, they needed to make a change of some sort. And the Mercury, on the other hand, just got a whole lot better. Right. Uh, they made a few other moves as well, but bringing in Kia Nurse, uh, definitely, definitely up there um, in terms of uh, this. This this was like WNBA, uh, you know, earth shattering moves to, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that would be fair. That, yeah. that would be fair. And, and you know, a, a few other kind of big moves that happened throughout the week. Um, most people, I assume, are, would be familiar with the Seattle Storm, you know, the defending champions. Yes. 
uh, in the WNBA, they acquired Katie Lou Samuelson uh, mm. from the Dallas Wings. And the 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 key there is Katie Lou played with uh, Brianna Stewart at University of Connecticut. So Brianna Stewart largely considered the the next one, the next up and coming superstar in this league, and she's already proven that, uh, winning a championship, just putting up huge numbers, and and you know being part of what carried the, the Seattle Storm into the championship to begin mm, with. Yeah. She's now playing with one of her former teammates, someone she's very, very close with. Lord knows the chemistry that the two of them are going to have. So I think that was a pretty big, you know, pretty big move for a team that, you know, could argue didn't need to get any better. <laughs> uh, but they did lose Alicia Clark. Um, and, and there was a few other moves in free agency that took some players away from the Seattle storm. Sue Bird staying, thank God. Um, but they, they needed to fill some gaps and they, they certainly did that. Um, they also brought in, uh, uh, Kiki Herbert uh, Harrigan. Her name is Makia, but her nickname is Kiki. And that is an awesome nickname. I gotta um, tell you, I hate um, that nickname. <laughs> what? <laughs> it just sounds ditzy. Come on. Come on. Makia. What did you say her name was? Makia? Makia Herbert Harrington. No, it's way better. Kiki. No, don't like it. Do me? Are you Brian? <laughs> That's where no. That's where my my mind. Goes. All right, fair enough. All right, you know what? You're swinging me. It, it's not a bad go. nickname now. But they brought her in from the Minnesota Lynx, so they've uh, they filled some holes for sure. And uh, we get to watch Sue Bird play for one more, at least one more year with the Seattle Storm, because despite the fact that she's 40, she shows shows absolutely no signs of right. slowing down. So um, all Seattle this just got win free agency. You think? They definitely, they definitely stayed as good, if not better, than they were before. Okay. I mean, Alicia Clark was a big loss. Yeah. Um, but, geez, it's hard. It's hard to argue that. I know it's not free agency because technically it was a trade, but it's hard to argue that the the uh, Phoenix Mercury didn't walk out on yeah, top. No, okay, like adding theaters alone, like that. That is such a huge move for them. And I'm, I'm, I'm just excited for the season to start. Like, I want to watch. WNBA basketball right now. Sure. I know we don't get to right now, um, <laughs> but th- this was uh, trying to keep track of everything has been a minefield. It's been the the weekend gif of him walking through the house of mirrors. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> Just trying to figure out everything that's going on, but yeah, uh, yeah pretty, pretty big week in uh, the WNBA. It sounds like it, right? And and it's cool to see it kind of making bigger and bigger news and, and to see players being able to move around a little bit and, and kind of create some interest, right? doesn't matter what sport you're into. doesn't matter what league you're into. Trades are big, right? Movement is big. Oh, yeah. is, and that's why the NBA has for a long time now been like so much more fun than the NHL where, yeah, there's a cap, but it's like a whatever cap, right? Like there's, there's, um, you can kind of go above it or you can kind of lock up your, your own guy to go above the cap. The NHL is just like, no, here's this hard number. So nobody make any trades ever. Whereas the NBA is just like, no, you guys just demand trades and walk all the time. And, and I think in a case like the WNBA, it's great to, here's another thing in the off season to keep us in the news, to keep people talking and, and, and be able to sit down and go, yeah, what does this mean? And, and who might now have come out of that on top and holy crap, Kia nurse is moving and. I, I don't know. I, I think that sort of movement is important. I think it's big in, in keeping people interested. Oh, absolutely. One, like I remember when I went from being like an, a casual NHL fan to a die hard NHL fan, like where I was following absolutely everything. It was free agency. Yeah. Like the, no, the, true. 
the prospect of, oh, this player could go here and, you know, this player is is now on the market and th- they got this player, like, that is so exciting. And the trade deadline, like, yep. it's there's a reason why these things should be called national holidays. <laughs> like, no, for it's sure. One of the, and, and, my earliest, you know, me- sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say one of my earliest memories is we kind of circle back to the, uh, you know, the sports radio stations being shut down and stuff. I was kind of a, at best, a casual hockey fan, but I loved Curtis Joseph with the Oilers, right? What he did against Dallas um, when Marchant scored that series winner. Um, he'd already been amazing against the Leafs uh, with the Blues. And I loved Cujo. And, but I, that was it. Like, I, I just thought almost in this Hasek style, this crazy guy diving all over the place, making unorthodox saves. Like, this is awesome. And then I heard he might be coming to the Leafs. This would be the summer of 98, so I'm like 15 or whatever, and I, I don't care about talk radio. But I, I care that Curtis Joseph might be coming to the Leafs. And so suddenly I can remember, like, I'm laying across the back bench of our boat at, like, midnight, on some night in July, like July 2nd or 3rd or whatever, just waiting to hear Howard Berger, the Leafs reporter on the fan 590 continue. Like, are they doing it? Are they getting Curtis Joseph and being so stoked? Right. And that locked me in. Like you're talking about this free agent coming and I'm like, Oh man, I'm so in on the Leafs next year. And, um, yeah, free agency does that right. Guys moving your big name players showing up. Absolutely. And, and it's the coverage of it that also matters, right? Like I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but you know, the WNBA got more TV airtime than it ever has in the last year and viewership was up 68%. Wow. That is all you need to know. You put women's sports on the air, people will watch. And uh, same goes for the coverage of, of trades and, and uh, free agent moves. It needs to be covered the same way men's sports is. And, uh, you know, we're getting there with the WNBA for sure. There's a long way to go. That key and nurse deal was all over my Twitter timeline. I don't know what that means, but it means something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, the, the sheer fact that I got a TSN notification for it. Like, I get yeah. notifications on my phone. I'm sure anybody does with the app. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, it was in my TSN app. And, awesome. and that should tell you I should tell you everything. So I was I was very happy to see the coverage that it got. At, you know, I'm... I'm neither a Liberty nor a Mercury fan. I'm a Seattle Storm fan, okay. but like I'm a huge Kia Nurse fan. So that was my jaw hit the floor right. when I saw that. But I, I, I've decided that, and it's you know I've, I've got a. There's a lot of logistics that have to happen, but the first sporting event that I'm going to go to, or at least one of the first sporting events I'm going to make a strong effort to go to when this is all over, is a WNBA game. Love that. I, obviously, it's going to be a Red Blast game because I'm a season ticket holder yeah. and it's probably going to happen first. But I am going to make, like, before I buy NFL, MLB, NBA tickets, I am going to a WNBA game because I just, that was supposed to be one of the one of the things I went to in 2020. We had full plans to go to a New York Liberty game. Obviously, it didn't happen. No. So there are my, when the pandemic, that, that's my, when the pandemic ends statement for the day. All right, because we all have several of those. Like, oh, so many. Honestly, there's a million things that need to be done. I think that's a great one, and I, I think it's cool that uh, that they're out there, they're making news, and and not just while the games are on, but now too. Like, yeah, no, we're making noise in the off season. I, I think that can only help. Absolutely. Uh, one final thing before we send off, Matt. How was your beer? Uh, pretty good. It's. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's only an average red, if I'm being honest. It's pretty good, but it's only okay. And um, 
but uh, like I said, I, I kind of like the the subconscious imagery of the the dock side. I, I do miss that. That's where I've spent most of my summers ever since I was a kid, whether we were cottaging or boating or whatever was going on. Um, and I, I know some people kind of interchange the two. We had a, a cabin cruiser when I was a kid, so we'd go up and down the, the different locks through the Trent Severn waterway. So not exactly the same as cottaging. You're more like camping off your boat and stuff. Um, but then moved into cottaging. And so, yeah, the, the dock side red, that, that painted a nice picture for me. It still does. And uh, it's definitely a beer I would have again. But I wouldn't say it's anything I would write home about on your, okay. uh, yours. This was quite tasty. Yeah. I'm not like, it's not something I couldn't drink a lot of them cause it is very toasty and like, I don't want to say malty, but it's got a very, and you'd probably love the smoky aspect. Yes. Of it, but we, I've, I've made, I've made it known before that I can't do too much smokiness. Um, but it's, it, it also like that bitterness makes it kind of refreshing. So it's, it's quite nice. I'm not going to lie. All right. Uh, but 6.7%. You got to be careful. Yeah. No doubt about that. Uh, we need to probably wrap this up soon so you don't get too, uh, with your hands on the wheel there, but, uh, yeah, you never know where I'm going to take it. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, I should Thank remind God. people that, uh, next Wednesday morning, Arden's Welling, talk a little Blue Jays. Um, we haven't done that in a while, so that'll be fun. And, uh, yeah, if people haven't had a chance yet, 788 with, uh, Paul Lapalise and Chris Hoffley and Michaela and I, that was a fun one as well. So tons of great stuff at talkinaudio.com or, uh, wherever you're listening right now, you should subscribe because we got great stuff coming. And I, like I said, if you're still here hanging around from, uh, from Lapo on Wednesday, stick around. Cause I think in, in two or three weeks we'll have, uh, Maddie Nichols. That'll be fun too. Yes, sir. We will find out what beer he likes. Yes. Uh, as Matt said, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Tall Can Audio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. And we will see you next time on Tall Can Audio. Got to get down on Friday. <laughs> 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 Ooh, <laughs> <out> <laughs> <in>. <laughs> 